You know I'm gonna get you, yeah, whatever it takes to get there. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Basement Talk podcast. Ed Birdsall, joined, of course, by the new sidekick on the Basement Talk podcast. This is Adam Caster. Hi, Adam. Hey, Bird. I literally almost did the intro because yeah. I thought that that's what we were doing. Oh, I saw that. I, 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 I did see that. That was, that was something. It was close. It was a close call. How does it feel? How does it feel for you to have your uh, your creative hosting powers just kind of stripped from you a little bit? Well, I mean, the immediacy of it, you know, it hasn't really hit me yet, but now now it has, and it's kind of weird. <laughs> well, I I tell you what, if I if I'm completely terrible at this, you can have it back next week. I promise. Yeah, I mean, it see like it saves me some breath in because uh, I don't have to worry about doing that doing the intro and doing the outro because honestly it does you have to talk very fast and like i can do it without thinking most of the time unless i have to delete a word like fantasy or so from the outro that i usually do and the intro that i usually do but um yeah it's the intros and outros are kind of can be kind of taxing on the old vocal cords there but you know i'm still happy to be here talking about Oh, wait, we are talking about football. Oh, yeah, we're talking about football today. We're just going back to the old crux, but but with good reason, with good reason. There is a lot to talk about with, with football today. In case you missed it, um, I did do an emergency podcast under the Basement Talk podcast fantasy show umbrella. That app was released at around 3 o'clock today, RE, the trade of Tyreek Hill going from Kansas City to Miami. So we won't really cover it as much on here because I kind of already did it. So if you want to listen to that, uh, go on to uh, go just click the recent episodes of the podcast and you will see that it is the most recent after after this one. So definitely go uh, go check that out. But we'll be, we'll be touching on Tyreek Hill a bit because we are going to be talking about the early favorites in both the AFC and the NFC. We'll be touching on that today. So we'll be previewing the Sweet 16 in today's episode, all of the eight games we will be uh, we will be covering. And then, of course, as usual, we'll be doing a top five at the end of the show with a surprise topic, one that is very near and dear to Adam and I, if you are familiar with the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show and the and the good old days, the required radio fantasy show and things that Adam and I love to talk about. What would be number one on the list? And no, it is not a hot tub time machine. Or, or is it the Godfather? Or the Godfather? That there you go. That was the one. I, I was. I, I said my. I said in my head. I said Sopranos, but no, that's not it. It's the Godfather. Yes, of course. How could I forget? Hot the time machine and, and the Godfather. Yeah, it's not the hot tub time machine or the Godfather. It's not. It's no. something else that we hold near and dear to our heart, but it's not hot tub time machine or the Godfather. But <clears throat> before we get to any of that, you know, you know what we do, Adam. I know you do since you are an avid listener of this program. Along with being a contracted employee of the Basement Talk Podcast fantasy show on Rolla. Listen, it's not because Bird forces me to listen to the Basement Talk Podcast. because It's just because I enjoy listening to Jake's takes on things. Because you are a company man. Yeah. Because you are a company man. So, Adam, your deep sleeper of the week, sir. What do you got? Ooh. Deep sleeper of the week. My deep sleeper of the week is ventilation. Oh, 
Oh, okay. That's, that seems important. Yes. So quick context here. At my job, I record podcasts. Not this job, obviously. But at my, at my job, we record podcasts. And we have a podcast room, our little podcast room studio is kind of like a, is a room that's like probably no bigger than my bedroom. Maybe even it's like half the size of my bedroom, actually. Or maybe three quarters of that size. But anyway. Um, Breaking the fourth wall uh, slightly. Is it sort of the size of 141 or is it a little oh, bit Oh, no, it's, it's way smaller than 141. Okay. Okay. 141, by the way, for all of those who are just completely left in the loop, that is the classroom that we used uh, for all of our radio sessions and classes for in, back in Hofstra. So shout out Pride and shout out DJ Quinn. Great guy. Basically, so if, you, if you're in 141, this is only <laughs> going to apply to like five people. But if you're in 141 and you draw a line from like the speakers to the end of that desk, you do like draw a square around yeah. the speakers and the end of the desk yep, and all the way to the other side. That's basically how big the room is. That's tiny. It's pretty tiny. That's tiny. Maybe a little bigger than that. But anyway, so this maybe, room, you're, maybe you're talking like. Just for a measurement perspective for the people at home, maybe you're talking 12 feet by 18. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. It's kind of it, and we have so we don't really have a board or anything. We just have like an audio interface. It's kind of annoying also because there's just like a pole there in like the worst possible place where you have to like walk around the pole to like even get a get out of the room if you're sitting at, at the desk. But anyway, so this room also is just a room with no windows and no ventilation or anything. Well, it has ventilation, but the heat from when it uh, is cold, like the heat goes into that room. And so it gets real fucking toasty in this room. And, you know, obviously you can't really have AC going there because AC is loud and it will interfere with recordings. Yes. So it gets pretty, pretty toasty in there. And if you're in there for like back-to-back recordings, it is, it is rough. So ventilation is important. You know, you really got to get that air circulation going so you don't die of heat exhaustion. An appreciation of windows. Yes. Appreciation of windows. Shout out windows. Shout out ventilation. My deep sleeper. This is what I mean to ask you. And I know this has been a deep sleeper of mine in the past, so forgive me, but I've been meaning to have the discussion with you, Adam. Why me specifically? Because this I specifically asked you this a couple weeks ago. How's the trailer? How's the trailer? Oh, the trailer to the Obi-Wan Kenobi yes. miniseries. That's my deep sleeper, the Obi-Wan Kenobi miniseries that Adam supposedly watched and now we're about oh, to discuss I it i did how was it it was good i liked it oh so so many so many just wonderful wonderful things yeah i think it was it was just really nice it was like really well well put together and there are a lot of callbacks and references in there to uh previous episodes it has been a couple weeks so it's been a bit since i've watched it so i can't really pull up anything 
specific. I do remember Tatooine playing a big part in that, obviously. Because oh, the, where... the young Luke on top of his on top of his place in Tatooine, acting like so... he was he was uh, pod racing. Oh, oh my god! I was feel like I was I watching know. a young Anakin. Yeah, it was great. It was really cool. I'm very excited for for the show. And honestly, you and McGregor, like, they did a really good job with how he looks as an older, not even like an older Obi-Wan, but just like a guy who's middle-aged because I think he's like 40 in the canon or something along those lines. Yeah, and I think this is supposed to, to be 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. So maybe he's like 50 or 60. It's weird. So I think this is the problem with making prequels instead of having movies that have like a, they're made in order and released in order where you have Obi-Wan who looks like he's a hundred in uh, a new hope. And Shout out Alec Guinness. Yeah. He's great. I love him. Love Alec Guinness. Great actor. Yeah. But he looks, he looks older. He looks a lot older. In yeah. And he a also hated playing Obi-Wan, but we love Alec Guinness, which is probably why he was killed. Like halfway Very quickly, in the movie. Yes. But, um, and then in episode three, by the time that's over, Obi-Wan looks like he's like, you know, getting ready to settle down and buy a, buy a house with his wife and kids. <laughs> if Jedi were allowed to marry. Yeah. If they were allowed to marry, which is a whole nother thing. Yep. Anakin. Sorry. Wink, 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 wink. Anakin. You, you know what my, what I, I had two things about the trailer that I really like. Well, three, well, three. I mean, if we're, if we're going to, you know, be super specific about it we'll go three uh number one the grand inquisitor looks amazing rupert friend bless him bless him for he he was in homeland i love me some homeland i'm so happy that, I, the, that the inquisitors were a part of this i forgot about that but yes they are a part of this and it's yes. cool because Usually it's like one of those things where, especially like after order order 66, it was like all the Jedi were killed off screen, except for a couple. But now we're really going to see kind of the, how they did that. And like some of the inquisitors, it's kind of interesting because I played a video game called uh star Wars Jedi fallen order, which is really good. Highly mm-hmm. recommend it. And you have to, I do know it. it. I do know it actually. Yeah. It's, it's the star Wars I, nerd. I, in I, me. I know everything. I think I told you about it, but anyway, it also it takes place. Have. It takes place in between uh, episode three and episode four, like most Star Wars video games do. Right, and uh, it deals a little bit with the Inquisitors and how they basically kidnapped they kidnapped a Jedi and tortured her to the point where she became an Inquisitor. So it's like interesting to have more have those more fleshed out. And like in the TV show Star Wars Rebels, they also have the Inquisitors. So it's nice that the Inquisitors are kind of getting. Getting their moment in the sun, even though they're colossal dicks to the Jedi. Well, in the cool tra- lightsabers, though, very yeah. cool lightsabers. In the in the trailer, they had three of the Inquisitors. They had the third sister, they had the fifth brother, and then they had the Grand Inquisitor, played by, of course, Rupert Friend, yeah. uh, formerly formerly of Homeland, one of my favorite shows. So when I saw that Rupert Friend was in this, I was very excited. And seeing him in the trailer and his Grand Inquisitor garb, I was I was like, wow, he looks sick. See, here's the you know anything that's kind of like the dark the dark side of the force in me. It was like, why did the Sith always get the cool shit? Fair, fair, fair. Oh, and and Joel Edgerton coming back as Owen Lars, love it, love yep. it, love it. Because like 
you know, the Inquisitors have those cool lightsabers that just spin on their own, on their own with motors or whatever. They got force lightning. You know, the Sith have all the cool shit. It's true. And, and they have red lightsabers. It's my favorite color. Fair, fair. It's a very powerful color. I mean, I mean, it's one of the best colors. If you ask any Arsenal fan, they'll say red is the best color. Red is also the color of London, by the way. Um, the number two thing that stood out for the trailer, uh, Duel of the Fates. When yep. you had the Lucasfilms. Um, that was very cool. Screen come in. Oh, I heard that. I was like, oh, baby. Oh, baby. We're in for something. We're in for something real special. The second I heard the da 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 da, I was like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> I when I watched and I heard the, oh, I was like, "Oh, oh, we're going here now." John Williams is, is here. John Williams has arrived. I literally sat back. I was like, "Oh, shit's picked up now." Okay, yep. All right, we're 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 here. We're here. And it just it just got better and better from there. And the third thing that I loved, no visual of Vader or Anakin. We know he's in it. We don't need the confirmation, but I like the tease of it. Like you know, we just had the the Vader breathing. We knew we heard that at the very end of the trailer, but no visual of him, which I love. Keep well, I that, that yeah. keep that a surprise. Well, I mean, the whole point is that. Vader is looking for for Luke and Leia, I would assume. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, it makes sense for that. I mean, I'm sure they're probably not even going to meet because, you know, that's the whole point is that they, they never meet, really. <laughs> I think they do. I mean, they probably do like once or twice, but I think they're not they going to meet on Tatooine. Because obviously, no, 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 yeah. it won't be on Tatooine. But I, I think they do. Also, it's a very dumb hiding place, though, for for and, Luke. And I, I, I wonder. And this is just be spitballing, but I wonder if we ever get to see Vader without the helmet. Well, he literally can't survive without the suit. I know, right? I, I know that, I know that. But like, in, in like, you do you remember how? I don't know if this was in. Was it four? When you I, know had, I know what scene you're talking about. Whereas how much like the gets lower. But he's in the hyperbolic face. chamber, yeah. Or whatever the fuck it was. When they when he had when he had the helmet off, I wonder if we get something like that. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I'd, I'd be okay if that doesn't happen because I would need to see Darth Vader without his helmet. But on, I, I, do, I do. I do want to. I do want to see Hayden Christensen. I. I. I, I do. Because to me, if it's just Hayden Christensen in the Vader suit, it's just kind of like, okay. Were they going to get him to do, is he doing the voice also? Um, I don't think that he's doing the voice. I think maybe it's going to be James Earl Jones. It'd be nice. It'd be very nice if they still got James Earl Jones to do that. I would love that, but I don't know. I don't know. He... Because he, he was he's listed. He's listed as Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader. So I wonder I, I really hope it's not just get him in the suit and boom, there's your there's your Hayden Christensen. What a big waste of money that would be. I'd be so pissed. I would be so pissed. That would be like when they cast Leonardo DiCaprio in the mask and they just put him in yeah. a mask for the entire movie. Yep. In a metal in a metal cage. 
And it was just like, okay, there's the, there's the outer frame of Leonardo DiCaprio. Boom. There's the outer frame of, of Hayden Christensen. Like, no, no, I'll be, I'll be very honest. If I don't get to see a little bit of Hayden Christensen, not in the garb, I'll be very annoyed. I'll be very, very, very annoyed. I can imagine that. But overall, it looks really good. Well, I want to see also what other characters are doing. Like, I want to see, because, like, you know, they have Luke's childhood. Would it be nice if, um, because, like, you know, it's established that Leia and Obi-Wan had a previous relationship. Yeah, you know, like, they've, they, they knew each other before mm-hmm. episode four. So it'll be interesting to see that interaction with Obi-Wan and Bail Organa and Leia and everything. Yeah, like that. I, I want I wonder if that's like an avenue that they they go down. I wonder if Bell Organa comes back. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know for sure there's gonna be some like some little Easter eggs in there. That, I'm sure that Yoda's probably gonna be in it. Oh, oh God, stop it. You you will see tears. You'll see tears, Adam. There, there should be a podcast. There should be like a mini podcast that you and I do. An episode review of the Obi-Wan miniseries. We could probably do that. You know, as crazy as, that's, as crazy as that sounds, I'm actually very in. We're both very busy people, but I'm sure we could make time for I, another for, Star for Wars Star podcast. Wars? Come on. Like a mini, I, I think so. miniseries podcast? Yeah, why not? That won't be mini. We're, we could talk about Star Wars for five hours. Oh, we could talk about. We need to say we could put a cap on ninety-minute podcast if we could talk about it for five hours. But do it, do another podcast, edit for an eight-episode, seven-episode, however many episodes they're going to be, podcast of it. Sure, why not? Why not? Ah, uh, okay. Well, you want to talk? You what, what do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about NFL? Get it out of the way, might, or you want to talk about might as well? Let's just talk about free agency. All right, let's talk. Let's talk about the NFL. Let's just talk about the um, the, the the shifting landscape of the National Football League. Of course, the AFC. What hasn't happened in the AFC this offseason? Russell Wilson, he goes to Denver. Deshaun Watson, he goes to Cleveland. Tyreek Hill today goes to Miami. Khalil Mack goes to Los Angeles. I think it's kind of crazy too that I think of all the moves that have happened this offseason with how crazy it's been. Tom Brady coming back to Sean Watson being traded, Russell Wilson being traded, Tyree Kill being traded. Khalil Mack is like the one that nobody talks about. And Khalil Mack is one of the best defensive players in football that is now going to be in Los Angeles playing for the Chargers next to Joey Bosa. I don't know if he's one of the, well, not anymore. I mean, he's still very, very good, but he's kind of injury prone and maybe he's on the downswing of his career, which I mean, he's still a very, very, very good player, but he's not one of the best anymore. I also I think know. it didn't help that he was playing on a very, very bad Chicago team. I think now that he's going to be motivated to play in a, on a competing team. Well, we'll I think also, I mean, he has Joy Bosa now who is going to be drawing all the attention. Cleo Mack is going to have the freedom to just run rampant. I agree. I agree. And then we're not even not even discounting the fact that the charge secondary is going to be shut down. Derwin James, JC Jackson, Chris Harris, and a very good secondary there. But I think with the way that I want to start, Adam, is what was what was the one move in the offseason, just coming from the AFC, 
the one move that for you said, yep, that's a game-changing move for this team? Um, I would probably say Russell Wilson getting traded to Denver. Yeah. I think it's a fair one. Yeah. And, I mean, Deshaun Watson for different reasons. But uh, Russell Wilson getting traded to Denver is a huge game-changer where that team, we've all been talking about, that team is a quarterback away from being very, very good. And now they have that guy. I mean, we'll have to see what kind of Russell Wilson they're getting because this is – how is it too soon to say Russell Wilson is out of his prime? He's his prime is waning, I would say. Yeah, I you know, think it's a fair assessment, but I don't think it's also unfair to say that he maybe he may be on the downswing because he was not good last year. Like I think that's that's definitely forgotten. Like, yeah, the, the Seahawks are bad, but let's also act let's not act like Russell Wilson was not to blame for the problems because he wasn't good to start. He had the injury in the middle, then he came back and he just he wasn't himself at all. Now, whether he was mentally checked out was was another thing, but he just he wasn't good. He wasn't good. Yeah, so I think that that move, if, if we're getting like Russell Wilson, not even at the peak of his powers, but Russell Wilson at like three quarters of his prime skill level, the Broncos are going to be very, 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 very scary. And on the downswing, I mean, Tyree Hill getting traded – means oh i don't even know like the chiefs obviously they've gotten worse without tyree kill um it puts more pressure on travis kelsey to be the guy because before that receiving core was tyree kill and not much else and now it's you know you're relying on juju uh who signed with kansas city it's a good call on that one by the way thank you um, and Josh Gordon, who's still there. Yep. Yeah. And, and then there's uh, talk about uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling going to yep. Kansas City. And Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle, they signed elsewhere in free agency. So yes. that also kind of eats away at the depth for the, the, for the Chiefs. Well, I think the Chiefs, with one of those two first-round picks, they're going to have to draft a quarterback. Uh, a quarterback. Yeah, they're going to draft a quarterback. They're going to replace Patrick they Mahomes. They paid Patrick Mahomes $450 million, and they're going to draft a quarterback. Absolutely, no doubt about it. No, they're going to, they're going to draft a receiver. They're, they're, they're going to have to. They're going to have to with one, with one of those picks. Yeah, I and The question so. is, which one? I mean, whoever it is, Patrick Mahomes is going to make them look pretty good. You would think. You, you would definitely think. But uh, um, I said this earlier on the um, emergency pod that I did. That Travis Kelsey moved up to being my number one tight end. Clear, clear. And Mark Andrews is still very much in the conversation. I also love Mark Andrews from a fantasy perspective. Here we go talking about fantasy football. This is what I do. I'm a fantasy fo- football expert. For this is fantasy. why I escaped. <laughs> yes, yes. It just it, it follows you wherever you go. You're talking to a fantasy football expert via fantasy pros. So yes, you're, talking, you're talking to an expert ranker. It's what I do. Member of the consensus at Birdsall. Yes, member of the consensus. You, you, you got that right, baby. But it's it really has turned into Travis Kelsey is going to be the focal point for the Kansas City Chiefs. And they might go as far as, as Mahomes and Kelsey take them. Because you also got to look at the Chiefs defensively. They also are looking like they're going to lose Tyron Matthew. And if they lose Tyron Matthew, what do they really have in that secondary? And they really don't have much. It's Chris Jones and then just a bit part you know, pieces that they just kind of glued together. This Chiefs defense 
needs a lot of work. And then you look at what the Chargers have on offense, bringing back Mike Williams. Look at what the Raiders have done on offense, bringing in Devontae Adams. More on him in a minute. Wink, wink. And then look at what the Broncos did in bringing in Russell Wilson. They're going to need a a competent defense to stop these teams that they're going to be playing six different times. I mean, the Chiefs might be the best third-place team in NFL history. They they might be a wild-card team at this point, but they have Patrick Mahomes, and we all know that you have a great quarterback. It masks a lot of your team's flaws. Just ask some of those Patriots teams. Yep, exactly. And ask the Packers most years. Ask the Packers. I think that's an even better example. Ask the Packers. Yep. That eventually your quarterback, your quarterback can take you far, but he can only take you so far. Yeah. So as, as previously mentioned, the one for me is Devonte Adams going to the Las Vegas Raiders. I think he just opens up so much for this offense of what they could potentially do. You had Devonte Adams, you have Hunter Renfro, you have Darren Waller. They brought in Demarcus Robinson. You still have Byron, a uh, Brian Edwards. You have Foster Moreau as well. You have Josh Jacobs there. There is a lot that Josh McDaniels can now do with the, the, the tools that he has at his dispensal, at his disposal. Excuse me. I, I really want to see the Raiders continue to improve defensively because I don't think they've done enough on the defensive side of the ball to really improve in that area um, so far. So that's something that they're going to have to obviously address at, at the draft. But I think for right now, I tell you, the Raiders offense, oof, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the great thing. And the crazy thing about the Devontae Adams trade is that the Raiders didn't give up Hunter Renfro in that deal. They nope. still have him. They still mm-hmm. have – and they didn't give up Darren Waller either. They have all their premium pieces. They just gave up picks and a fuck ton of money. And that's kind of interesting because, you know, the Seahawks-Broncos trade, there were a bunch of players going the other way. But in the Tyree Kill trade, the return was... A 2022 first, a 2022 second, yeah. a 2022 fourth, a 2023 fourth, and a 2023 sixth. But there were no players. And there were no players no. in the reported trade that would have sent them to the Jets. And that trade, by the way, if that had happened, that would have been an all-time fleecing by Joe Douglas. The Jets get Tyreek Hill and they don't even give up a first round pick. Like that's crazy. Well, I think at the end of the day, it's kind of what put Miami over the top. No, well, the Chiefs accepted both deals. It was up to Tyreek Hill. Uh, Yeah, but I'm sure there was some like wink, wink, nudge, nudge sort of thing. Like, hey, you really want to help us out. You accept the deal with Miami so we can get a first round pick out of it. And it, and I don't I know I said this before as well, and I'll say I'll say it again. It's really crazy how this just unfolded within pretty much like an hour to hour and a half span. Yeah, well, that's kind of like how the the Francisco Lindor trade happened. Basically, I remember that's one of those. Do you remember where you were when that happened? I do remember where I was when that happened. I can't where, say that I do because that has no impact on my life. Well, whatever. I was working at the fan in the middle of the day when that happened and we were going into commercial, we were going into break on Moose and Maggie and we, everybody in the office got alerts like, Holy shit. 
Francisco Lindor, like they're finalizing. They had Ian Rappaport on as a guest. Ian Rappaport, as you know, gigantic Mets fan. And my friend. Yes. So they had, it was perfect. They had Ian Rappaport on for his weekly hit during the NFL season for Moose and Maggie, which does not exist anymore. But anyway, um, they had him on and this Francisco Lindor trade broke during basically during his radio segment. And they're like, Oh my God, this actually happened. This is unbelievable. Ian, Ian was ecstatic. He was over the moon as you'd expect. Giddy. Yeah. And but that's kind of, that's kind of how it felt for, for me anyway, where it just came out of nowhere where we were just, you know, minor own business for me and mountain time. I was literally just getting into work and at like nine 45, I was like, Oh, Tyreek Hill might be traded to the Jets. What? Where yeah. did this come from? Literally out of nowhere. I did not think that he even had a problem with Kansas City. Well, it came down to the fact that Tyreek Hill needed a contract extension. And yeah, I'll be very honest. The, the, the sources that I had, and I have a good amount of them, I heard nothing. I heard nothing about it. This was one of the most low-key, quiet things of all time. And then as it slowly started to build, then the conversations came out that um, that Tyreek had been being shopped for a couple of days and that they had contacted pretty much every team in the league trying to see what the interest level was on Tyreek Hill. And the only serious suitors were the Jets and the Dolphins. And then at the end of the day, when it just turned out that Tyree Kill was not going to be going back to Kansas City, when it became more apparent, then that's when the the bidding started, and that's when Tyree Kill had a decision to make, and he decides to go to South Beach. Where, I mean, by the way, and I, I did mention this to a couple people today, and, and this I'm sure this is probably a deciding factor as well. But you look at the New Jersey, the New York, New Jersey area. It's one of the highest income tax brackets in the entire country versus the state of Florida, where there is no state income tax at all. Yep. So Tyree Kill is going to be making straight bank. Yep. In South Beach. So. And he already has a house there. One of a couple. A couple. A couple. You would think. You would think. Yes. One of several houses. Several houses. We'll we'll, we'll carefully assume. Most athletes, I'm sure, have a few. Yeah, a few, a few. So based on everything that's happened in the AFC, looking at the additions, looking at the subtractions, Adam, who would you say is the favorite to win the AFC right now? Well, I'm going to dodge your question. I'm going to ask another one. Who do you think is next? Who is the next big name receiver to come out of nowhere and and demand a trade and be like, I want to go somewhere else? Oh, See, I have an answer. It's it's not a receiver. I have an answer to the question, but the problem is, is that it's it's so late now, and for the position that this man plays, there really isn't a lot of holes that need to be filled at this guy's spot. But I think where you're going with this. If you're asking me who I think it is, who do you think it is? Baker Mayfield. No. 
Oh. I, I'm assuming that's a given. I'm assuming that's a given. But play the same position. But if I had to guess, and this is just no inside knowledge, this is just me, you know, off the cuff. Is it Sam? No, I'm going to guess Kyler Murray. Ooh, that's a good one. That's one we haven't really heard about. Nothing. Until, like, it was talked about, and then it was dropped, and we heard absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. That's uh, That would be my guess. Is that if I had to pick one guy, I, I would I would say Kyler. Honestly, I mean, as a selfish Jets fan, I would I would hope that they go after somebody like Adam Thielen. He would be really cool on the Jets. Yeah, but an aging veteran that's making that's making a lot of money. I think that was one of the the, the I, I talked to a buddy of mine who is who is a Jets fan, and he was one of the only Jets Jets fans that I talked to today who didn't want Tyreek Hill. And I was very was interested by it, and he explained it to me, and I was like, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Oh, because- is it the fact that he his game is based on speed, and that declines as you get older? No, not even that. Is it because he he's said, an asshole? No, because that's not also even that. a factor. Not even that. He said to me, and it makes a lot of sense that he looks at what the Jets could have done with Tyreek Hill. And he equates it to what the Giants did with Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony, that they're drafting receivers and they're signing receivers to big time contracts when they don't know if their quarterback is the guy. They they signed Kenny Galladay to a massive deal. They drafted Kadarius Tony, and now they're going to need to find a whole new quarterback because Daniel Jones is not that guy. What if they trade a boat haul, a boatload for Tyreek Hill? He comes in, and Zach Wilson's not the guy. And you have the highest paid receiver in the National Football League with a guy, with a, with a guy, a quarterback who's not your franchise guy. It would be a franchise crippling mistake. And well, he, I, he's a hundred percent right. He is right. And I, I saw that from a lot of people also, where it's like the, the timelines don't really match up as Agreed. far as the rebuild. But also, there's nothing that Zach Wilson has shown to tell me that he's not the guy at this point. See, I would disagree. I would he's disagree. He had a solid rookie season. He had a solid rookie season. There were a lot of mistakes that Zach Wilson did make. And it's part it's part of the course of being a rookie. I'm not saying Most I'm not that saying pre injury. Post injury, he was a very good quarterback. I'm not I'm not saying that Zach didn't show that he's not the guy. I'm not saying that. I think he's a rookie. He's allowed to have a, a slow, steadily building first year but he didn't show me that he's the guy either. I thought it was just kind of, it was one of those where it was like, okay, he's learning on the job. Same thing with Trevor Lawrence. Same thing with Trevor Lawrence down in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence, you know, he had his moments. Same thing with Zach. They both had their moments. They, we both saw, we all saw their players there in both of these guys, but you don't know if they are the guy yet, even though we've seen flashes that, that, that it's there. Whereas, the Jets, what they've had, what they need to do within the next 12 months, they have to get Zach his guy. They need to get him a guy like a Tyreek Hill-esque receiver. I'm not saying like a super – I am saying a superstar receiver that can come in and be that guy for Zach Wilson when he makes that progression to be this franchise quarterback that the Jets hope that he can be. But right now, we don't know if Zach Wilson is that guy. So to go and make that trade where you're then committing an obscene amount of dollars to Tyreek Hill 
for a guy that you don't know is the guy, it is a huge gamble and one that if it doesn't pay off, Joe Douglas, Rob Sala, everyone is losing their jobs. Well, I mean, that's the gamble that the Bills made. I don't think they knew that Josh Allen was their guy as much as you love Josh Allen. I mean, I don't think they knew that he was their guy when they traded for Stefan Diggs. They traded for Stefan Diggs hoping that he would make Josh Allen into their guy, which he has. Yeah, and they, took, I think that, they took that gamble. But I think that that's the thought process that Joe Douglas wanted, or that's the thought process that Joe Douglas had in trading for Tyreek Hill, if he did, or if that trade actually went through. I also I said this to Jake earlier too, because he was, he was distraught that this didn't happen. I said to him, the Jets need to make themselves an enviable location because the bottom line is no top tier players right now are looking to go play for the Jets. It's like the Knicks. It's like the Knicks three, four years ago. Nobody was really looking to go and play for the New York Knicks. Nobody right now is looking to go and play for the New York Jets. That's fact. That's fact. You're not going to see top tier free agents willingly go and sign with the New York Jets. Unless it's CJ Mosley, who we haven't seen. Well, I mean, free agents willingly sign with the <laughs> willingly. It's a... They signed they, they they signed with the Jets. Free agents sign with the Jets, but not top tier ones. Top tier ones don't sign with the Jets unless, of course, your name is, is CJ Mosley. They have to become a an enviable place to go. And, and where that comes from is from franchise progression. Show that you have a quarterback, show that you have a, a competent coaching staff, show that there's progress being made on a year-to-year basis. And I can, I can confidently say with the New York Jets, they're building a program there where you're talking, maybe not this year, but next year or the year after, they should be contending for not only a playoff spot, but they should be able to be at least sniffing on the doorstep of Buffalo in potentially challenging for the AFC East. Cause right now the Buffalo bills, they're just going to pull off their best Patriots impression for the last 20 years, which is destroy the competition and win the division by week 13. Well, honestly, this year might not be the year because that schedule looks fucking daunting for the jets where they are, you know, they're, they have to play Denver for one thing. They're playing Cleveland. I think they're playing the AFC and the NFC North. Yep. Uh, this year. So I mean, they, play... get, they get the NFC North, which is good. Yes. Well, he's still to play Aaron Rodgers and the Vikings. With what, with what receivers? I'm sorry. I'm just saying, listen, I'm just saying. You have to play Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has given the Jets fits for it's his at entire Lambeau career. too, correct? Yeah. The last time that happened was the Geno Smith game. Don't. Oh, what a game. That game against Lambeau. That game in 2014. We don't talk about that game. No, we don't, don't talk about what happened to that game with what happened there. Nope. Nope. You, you brought it up. That may week two of 2014. Oh God. Anyway, you brought it up. Well, I mean, it just, it's in Lambo, but uh, yeah, I think the jets have lost like the past three games that they played against green Bay. Cause they lost in 2018 in that game. They famously won you a fantasy championship. That was bullshit because of pass interference things in overtime. They lost in 2014 in that Geno Smith thing, and they got shut out 9 nothing in the Meadowlands in 2010. Yeah. That's your, that's your history, though. Yeah. But we, could, we almost played them in the Super Bowl if we had just scored on the goal line in the AFC Championship game. We had it. Yeah. So right now, going back to the original question, 
Who is your okay. favorite to win the AFC? Uh, this is a very tough question because there are a lot of teams that made a lot of moves. I think it's, I don't think it's the Bengals anymore because they think a lot of teams kind of equaled themselves to the Bengals. And I don't know if the Bengals even make the same run that they did last year, because as good as they are, the competition has gotten so much better that I wouldn't be shocked if they don't make it past the divisional round. I would be inclined to agree. But again, I think the Bengals still, you need to count them as one of the favorites. Well, they are. But I I would agree. I think, you know, you've you've seen other teams take massive leaps up, whereas the Bengals have kind of taken like a step. Not really like a huge leap like some of the other teams have. So I, I, I would agree. Uh, my favorite in the, in the AFC, I mean, it's probably either Buffalo or Denver at this point. Mine's Buffalo. What a shock. Mine is Buffalo. Just because I, th- I think they have the continuity there. You know, Josh Allen's there. You know, Stefan Diggs is there. I think they are a corner away, which I think Buffalo does address. Uh, during this draft, I think they need help on the offensive line, but I think you know there are very few holes on that team in Buffalo. Very, very, very few. And you get that first round by, which I I do expect Buffalo to be in contention for that first round by. Then and you get home field, forget it. Yeah, yeah. And and now I think the one thing too, what you're taking away from Kansas City is. Kansas City's going to have a dogfight to potentially get into the playoffs, let alone have the number one seed and 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 have home field throughout the playoffs. Yep. So, I mean, you you have the opportunity now to win home field advantage throughout the playoffs if you're Buffalo, if you're the Raiders, if you're the Broncos, if you're the Chargers, if you're the Browns. That's huge. It's absolutely enormous. So, go, go Bills. Go Josh. Yeah. I mean, it matters for a few teams more than others because I think home field advantage throughout the playoffs for the Broncos with how that is a real home field advantage playing at that altitude. Trust me, I know now that I live at high altitude, I've run for the bus and I feel more out of breath than usual. I was like, why do I feel more out of breath than usual? It's because I live altitude. Yes, because I live at altitude now. So I get it. I understand. Not to the same, uh, not to the same level, but I do understand the concept. Adam relates with you high altitude people. He gets it. He gets get it. He's it. one of you now. He is yeah. one of you now. Uh, the NFC, the NFC. I mean, let's just hit on this, uh, hit on this one very quickly. Um, not a lot of huge things that have happened in the in the NFC. I mean, there's just this guy called uh, called oh shit, what's his name? Lord uh, Fuckpants. Oh man. Uh, oh yeah, Tom Brady. Yeah, heard of him. Yeah, Tom Brady's coming back. So that's happened. Great. They just made it easier for the pay for the I was the Patriots, the Bucks to win in the playoffs. Patriots South to win in the playoffs. You have the Los Angeles Rams who have uh who have fueled up again, adding, of course, my my child, my loved one, my beautiful little boy, Alan Robinson. He is very much in the picture now. And Los Angeles is number, as number two receiver following the trade of Robert Woods to the Tennessee Titans. 
You have Dallas who have lost a bit with the subtractions of Randy Gregory in free agency, Amari Cooper by a trade in the offseason. But you still have Dak Prescott there. You still have CeeDee Lamb, you have Dalton Schultz, Trayvon Diggs, Leighton Van Der Esch signing a one-year deal. Michael Parsons coming back. There's still pieces there for Dallas, but they're definitely, you know, a step down. Green Bay without Devontae Adams, I think that is a massive, massive loss for them. I mean, I've been on record in saying I think the Packers would have been way worse with without Devontae Adams versus they were without Aaron Rodgers. I know Adam disagreed on that one, but we are about to find out. Just well, we already quick. we already had we already had that discussion. Oh, we definitely had that discussion. I'm not, I'm not revisiting it. I'm just saying that we're we're going to find out. We're going to yeah. find out. Then you have the Cardinals, who I mean that that's a complete mystery. San Francisco is a complete mystery. Seattle is a complete mystery. There are well, there there are Minnesota, Minnesota. Yeah, there. Honestly, I could say there are probably four teams. I think in the NFC. Eh, no, I wouldn't even say four. I would say there are two teams that are locked and loaded in the NFC, Tampa Bay and the Rams. Outside of that, I think divisions are wide open. I think you look at the NFC East, I think Washington has a very fair shout now that they have a competent enough quarterback that they could be viable in the NFC East. I think you look at the NFC North, that is now wide open now that Devontae Adams is there and Aaron Rodgers has nobody to throw to. It's Robert Tunyon and Randall Cobb now are his top two options. The NFC South is locked up with Tampa Bay. And then the NFC West is locked up with the Rams. But you look at the remaining teams that are in the NFC West. Seattle gets themselves a proper quarterback. Then there's something there. I'd actually think that Baker Mayfield would be a pretty viable option in, in Seattle and would maybe be a solid enough piece that could get Seattle to potentially be a playoff team. But yeah. that defense, that defense is still horrific. That also needs to be mentioned. That Seattle defense is also diabolical without Bobby Wagner and the and the and I quote, <clears throat> I'm the best safety in the nation, Jamal Adams. Oh, he is so bad. I, Adam, I, I love I, it. Adam, on, on a tier of people that you truly despise, where does Jamal Adams rank? Is he? He's just he, like just he's just below Tom Brady. Is he Alex Ferguson or is he Tom Brady? I don't even hate Alex Ferguson that much, but he is Tom Brady. He's like just okay, below okay. Tom Brady. Is he, is he Ole Gunnar Solskjaer or is he Tom Brady? He's Tom Brady. Okay. He's step below? Yeah, step below Tom Brady. Okay. All right. So is that like he's at the top of the pyramid, but he's he's in the tier below. He's like just above Chase Utley because fuck Chase Utley. Chase Utley's a great guy. You're fuck so Chase bitter. Utley. You're so I'm not bitter. bitter. He ended Ruben Tejada's career. So bitter. On the My dirtiest God. slide I've ever seen. That was a great slide. Fantastic play. See, you'd be the kind of person to say that Denny Potvin was like a clean, it was a clean hit. Absolutely not. Fuck him. Potvin sucks. See? It's the he same. It's the, sucks. It's, it's the same him. situation. It's the same situation. But different Ryan sports. Shawcross, Ryan Shawcross breaking Aaron Ramsey's leg. At a rainy Friday night at the, at the Britannica, at the Britannia, fuck him, dickhead. See, fuck him. It's the same play. It's it's the same thing. It's the it's Chase. Fuck Chase Utley. Chase Utley's a great guy. I love him. Love him. Great guy. So yeah. So it's like he's just above Chase Utley and Jimmy Rollins because also fuck Jimmy Rollins. Why, as why well. Jimmy Rollins? What did he do to you? He's played for the Phillies and he sucks. 
Do you hate, hate Brian him. Howard too for no reason? No, no. Jimmy Rollins get, Jimmy Rollins like took shots in the Mets when at the end of the season when during that stupid 0708 collapse. Anyway, well, there's good reason the Mets collapsed. Yes, but they're a fucking could, target as they should be. You could still hate you could still hate him. Cliff Lee and any anything against Cliff Lee? No, I don't, I don't have anything. Cliff Lee. Cliff Lee. Fuck him. What, because he beat the Yankees in the playoffs once? Hey, hey, we beat him to a World Series. It's all that matters. Cliff Lee, Cliff Lee has shit because of the New York Yankees. Roy Halladay, you're gonna hate, you're gonna hate on Roy Halladay too. No, I don't hate Roy Halladay. I love Roy. Literally, MVP baseball 2005. Roy Halladay with his palm ball. Oh my god. I do hate Bryce Harper though. Why? Are you out of your mind? He's a rival. Rival players. Bryce is fly as hell. Bryce is so fly. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Ask me, ask me rival players. Let's see. Let's see if I if I could say something nice about them and take be on the moral high ground above you. Let's say. What you don't you don't like Xander Bogarts and Raphael Fuck Devers? Him. Fuck him. Absolutely not. They're fantastic. That, what about that, what about Wander Franco? He's amazing. Generational oh no, I love talent. Fran- I love Wander Franco. Ah, yes. Wanda Franco's, that's a bad man. That's a bad man. Yes. You don't, like nasty, you don't like Nasty Nate? Evaldi? Oh, fuck Nasty Nate. Fuck him. Fuck him. Oh, dickhead. Next. Uh, next. I'll give one. Trevor Story? Fuck him. Asshole. See, overrated. It all it all translates. I mean, give me give me a Met. Give me a Met. Let's see if I can say something nice about a New York Met. Do you like Pete Alonso? No, absolutely not. Fuck him. Do you like Brandon Nemo? Oh no, absolutely not. I want to punch him. His face Jeff, is terrible. Jeff McNeil. He's a, he. You had him on your fantasy team last year. Oh no, 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 no. I hate Jeff McNeil. I dropped him within six weeks. He was terrible. Absolutely awful. One of the worst baseball picks I've ever made in my life. But you gotta like Degrom though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the rum. See, you say like nice things. I like the wild Mets. Can you say something nice about a Yankee? Aaron Judge. You know he he's he's nice. Giancarlo Stanton gives fun answers to the media. In he press does conferences. He does. Giancarlo does that. He does like talking to the media. Okay. Aaron Judge also is like, kind of like that sometimes. What about what about Anthony Rizzo? What are your thoughts about Anthony Rizzo? He's fun. I like him. I, I, like, I, love I always like him. Rizzo. I do love Anthony Rizzo. He just always he's always smiling. He's great. He, he makes me. Yes, yeah, I was gonna say he he's always smiling. He always makes me very happy when I see him. He just has fun playing baseball. Yeah, he makes me makes me happy. There's something about looking at him that makes me very happy and, and warm and fuzzy inside. It's very like Pete Alonso quality. Also, yeah, I, Pete yes. Alonso always just smiles all the time when he's playing baseball. Yeah, and he's a friend of he's a friend of mine as well because he's Italian. You know, us Italians, we have to stick together. Like Joey Gallo. You know, we, we got to stick together. These are hard times. Hard times. These are hard times. Us Italians, we got to stick together. Me, me, Anthony Rizzo, Joey Gallo, Frank Vetrano. We got to stick together. got to stick together. By the way, fuck the New York Rangers. They are on my dog shit list today. I know. Uh, fuck the Devils, frankly. Fuck Jack Hughes. Oh, 
J word, H word, J word, H word. We don't, we don't add up. We don't use slurs in this podcast. Unbelievable. J word, H word. How dare you say that? Say that terrible slur. Disgusting. So J word, H word. Disgusting. Uh, but going back to the NFC, I don't know how. What we was got your here. What was your question? Who? Uh, we because we were, we were talking about if you could say we, we were talking about um, players that some of the somebody that I hate. Yeah, we were talking about Tom Brady. We me- we mentioned Tom Brady. Um, How much but, I hate him? He's terrible. Yeah, yeah. But going back going back to the to the NFC. Um, Adam, who's your favorite to win the NFC? Uh, I think it's the Rams because they it's not only are they the defending Super Bowl champions, but the one team that is a threat to the Rams. The Rams play and match up with extremely well in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We saw that in the NFC divisional round and in the regular season in 2021 with the, with this new dynamic that they have with Matt Stafford, a quarterback. And we didn't even talk about his, his massive contract extension either. No, he got um, paid. But with Matt Stafford, at quarterback, this Rams team is like, is a juggernaut. And there really aren't a lot of other teams that can stop them. And even though, like, I think that's a net positive. Trading out Robert Woods for Allen Robinson, even though that wasn't the actual trade that happened. It's a metaphorical trade. I think that's a really good move for them. And it makes them better, even better than they were last year. So, Adam, I have two words for you and your... Uh on your debate right now. Tom Brady. The Bucs are the favorites. The Bucs are the favorites. I'll tell you why. Tom Brady was not going to go back to Tampa Bay if he did not have some assurances that Tampa Bay was going to get better. And they have. For the most part, Tampa Bay has gotten better. Have they? They just signed all their old... They just signed a bunch of their free agents. Yeah, but they've also upgraded on the offensive line. They are able to get Shaq Mason from the Patriots. They are able to bring in Will Hernandez from the Giants, who I'm telling you right now, Will Hernandez is probably going to be one of the most improved guards in football next year just because he's away from the New York Giants. You're now putting Will Hernandez on a line with Ryan Jensen, Tristan Wirfs, Shaq Mason. Um, Yes, please. And then if they were to go draft a tackle, Boom, you have yourself you have yourself a nice offensive line there. Defensively, there are some questions that I do have about, about Tampa Bay, but I think I, I do trust the coaching of Todd Bowles to to get that done. Former former friend of yours, Todd Bowles, who I know you you love and admire so 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 much. But yeah, at least the I, first year. Yeah, the first the first year was good, then it went downhill from there. But but no, in, in all seriousness, I, I think Tampa Bay is gonna be bringing a lot of pieces back. They're, they're gonna bring bring Gronk back. I've even heard some whispers that uh, the 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 Tom Brady recruiter Tom Brady might even try and bring Julian Edelman out of retirement, and if that's the case, if Julian Edelman and Tom Brady connection again in Tampa Bay, when you have you're going to have Chris Godwin, you're going to have Mike Evans, you're going to have Russell Gage, you're going to have Tyler Johnson, and you're going to have Julian Edelman as well with Gronk and with Cameron Brait, with Leonard Fournette. I mean, this is that that's a loaded, loaded offense. Defensively, they're gonna to have to improve. But I think when you have Tom Brady there, especially after the heartbreak that he had this past year, that's gonna be really, really tough. Really, really tough to to get past. I, I think Tampa Bay will be the favorites. I think they're gonna win the one seed again. And I think the road to the Super Bowl is gonna go through Tampa Bay. 
I think Tom Brady will be able to get it done. I think Tom Brady goes back to the Super Bowl. Uh, and I will love every minute of it. And I will hate all of it. Please, God, Tom, we need you. We don't. Oh, we do. We do. I love the man. I love the man. What a great hate guy. Guts. Hate his guts. What a great guy. And what a Super Bowl that would be. A real throwback. Raiders box. That would be such that would be such a such a throwback if we're able to get it. But my pick, oh God, I'd be Adam. Oh, I would be so torn. Jo- I'm sure you would. Joshy Pooh versus Tom. Uh, Adam, let me ask you. All seriousness, who would you root for? The Bills or the Box. I wish that I'd root for Roger Goodell coming down from on high and saying, we will now allow ties in the Super Bowl. And I hope that that leads to those teams tying and neither team getting a ring. (laughs) That is what I'm rooting for. Ah, is that nice? No, it's not. Oh, God. Well, all right. It would be the one thing that would be the greatest thing that we could lord over Bills fans for. It's like, you guys tied in the Super Bowl. It would be the new Norwood. No how ter- how shitty must you be? It would be. Yeah. They would tie they would, they would tie the Super Bowl by missing a game winning kick. Stephen Hauschka, I think, is their kicker. Stephen How is he? No. Tyler Bass. Tyler Bass, right. That's like Bass. four years ago. <laughs> I was Stephen Hauschka is log retired. He's on his couch now. Uh, Tyler him. Bass would miss a game winning kick in overtime. And that would be leading to a super, the first ever Super Bowl tie or Tom Brady sack fumble with, you know what? Actually, that's it. Tom Brady sack fumble with one second left will lead to a tie. Terrible. Terrible. Never my Tom. Never, ever, ever my Tom. And then he All retires right. forever. All right. Let's go to the NCAA tournament. We have some games tomorrow. We have some games on Friday as well. Very weird how they've decided to overlap uh, the games a bit. I thought they could have spread it out to make it a bit more uh, viewer friendly, but what do I know? Uh, let's start with the first game on the docket. Number four, Arkansas taking on Gonzaga. Uh, Adam, who do you got? I got the Zags, the Bulldogs. The Zags it's- have looked very shaky. Yeah, I mean, everybody points to that game against Memphis, and I completely understand because Memphis Gonzaga, are a good team, though. Yeah, but I mean, Gonzaga was in legitimate danger of Big losing. Time. They were down. 11. They were in legitimate danger of pulling a Baylor. Yep. Yep. I, I, I too have Gonzaga, but yeah, it's dangerous, dangerous territory. And Arkansas, Ar- like they haven't, their competition hasn't been, incre- hasn't been too tough. You know, oh. they've played, they beat Vermont by only four, and then they had a really low scoring affair against New Mexico State. Yeah, very much so. Which which Arkansas team is going to show up? That's that's the real question. But I think Gonzaga do have enough offensive firepower to get it done. I think they do get it done. Michigan taking on Villanova. I'm going to actually take the Wolverines. How can you go against Hofstra man, Jay Wright? I'm, I know. 
I know. He was the last team to coach Hofstra in the NCAA tournament, and you're going to go against him. Every time that I've tried to pick against Michigan, it's proven to absolutely screw me. So I'm now going to go for the reverse jinx, and I'm going to say Michigan, Hunter Dickinson, Jawan Howard, they get it done. Michigan win. I'm surprised that you are picking Michigan to do anything of note in any playoff-style tournament. You and I both. You and I both. Uh, I am going to be picking Villanova because Hofstra pride. Hofstra pride. Jay Wright, great guy. We love him. Yep. Tomorrow, tomorrow night, 939 tip, Texas Tech taking on Duke. I'm going to take Texas Tech. I'm going to take the Red Raiders. Well, honestly, I am just eating my words on this one because I did not expect Duke to make it this far. This is where I actually had Duke uh, going out. I'm still sticking to it. I think Texas Tech... Wins this game. I think Duke goes on. And it's the end of Coach K. Finally. Finally. Coach K was a was a fine coach. I hate Coach K. I hate everything Duke. Why? The, the, the fans are so whiny, bitchy, moany. Like says the Cowboys fan and the Arsenal fan and the Yankees fan. Oh, hold me. Hold me. Yeah, yes. If anybody should know about bitchy whiny, it's me. And I'm yes. the only one that's allowed to bitch, moan, and whine. Not Duke fans. Fuck them. Texas Tech wins. I don't know. I think Duke wins. Ugh. God. And then Houston taking on Arizona. Give me the Wildcats. Give me the Wildcats of Arizona. Honestly, I kind of like the I like the Arizona Wildcats, but I just I find it hard to go against the Cougars. Calvin Sampson's done an unbelievable job with this team. They're such a good team. Yeah. I find it really hard to go against them. I it think surprise me if Houston finds a way. He really wouldn't surprise me. I think it's going to be a close one. I think, I don't know. I think Arizona does win though, but narrowly, narrowly like buzzer beater territory, either yeah. buzzer, buzzer beater or late foul shots. Like there's no other way. This is not going to be a blowout. Agreed. Then we go to Friday's games. St. Peter's, Cinderella St. Peter's taking on Purdue. I really hope I'm wrong. I really do because I love St. Peter's. But give me Jaden Ivey. Give me the Boilermakers. Represent New Jersey. Jersey City, New Jersey. That's right. Well, yeah, my I have family that lives in Jersey City now because my oh. sisters lived there for a couple of years. Shout out Jersey City. It's very nice, actually. I don't know if you've ever been recently. I have not. I have never been. Really, it's very nice. Very nice place. I've never been. The, the The furthest that I've gone in, in New Jersey is the Prudential Center. Interesting. Yes. Yes. And I have and I have gone to uh, to the Soprano House as well. Right. And that's in Newark. Yep. That's in Newark. The Bada Bing. The airport. The, the Bada Bing as well. I've been to the airport in Newark. And I've been to I've been to Jersey City, obviously. And Newark Newark Airport is a dump. No, and, uh, no offense to anybody who uh, who's a frequent flyer at a Newark airport, but my God, that place is like a third world country. I mean, I was like half asleep when I was there because I was flying back from Israel and my flight got delayed seven hours. But oh, dear God. Yeah. And it was an overnight flight and it was the flight to Israel from Newark or flight from, to Israel. Yeah. From Israel to Newark is 12 hours. Yo, to God. And I mean, so, the flight coming back from Japan was was 12 hours. And yeah, going it, to Japan was 14. 
it's rough. But anyway, uh, so I don't really have too much of a gauge of what Newark airport looked like. I could be in literally any airport. And if you told me it was Newark, I would believe you <laughs> if I hadn't been there before. But um, I've been there. I've been to Princeton because that's where that's the area that uh, Nick lives. So shout out Nick. That's a, shout, that's out Nick. Shout, shout out the game box. Great podcast. Go, go subscribe. Leave a five star review. Tell the basement, the basement talk podcast. Say Yep. We uh, just finished up a call-up playthrough of Portal 2. So if you're into Portal or Portal 2, you can listen to that. We also played uh, the, some Pokemon games and Super Mario 3D World. So anyway, there's really not too much crossover between people who enjoy video games and people who enjoy sports. It's basically just me. It's The Venn diagram is two circles and then me in the middle. Yep. Yep. The tidiest <laughs> circle of all. The Adam circle. But I'm sure that there are people that are like me and they enjoy both sports and video games equally. Absolutely. To to each their own. I haven't met any of them yet, unfortunately. Well, go everybody who's listening, go subscribe to to the game box. Great podcast. And we we love Adam. We love Nick. Please do. Please do so. Um, Yeah. So that's where I've been in New Jersey. Are you taking, is that you taking St. Peter's? Yes. (laughs) Are we taking St. Peter's? The the dream. Max chaos. Continues. Maximum chaos. Oh, okay. I, I will say I am rooting for St. Peter's. I, I really am. I really am rooting for St. Peter's. At this point, when you're when my bracket is as fucked as it is right now, I'm just rooting for maximum chaos. Fair. And like, what a story that would be. 15 St. Peter's going all the way to the Elite Eight, potentially. Maybe even the Final Four. I would love it. I would absolutely love it. Now, up next, Providence, the Friars taking on the Jayhawks of Kansas. This is very easy for me. I'm, I, I, I'm shocked that Providence has made it this far. I'm going with Kansas. Yeah, I'm not going up against Bill Self in the NCAA tournament. Oh, I love Bill. I love me some Bill Self. Give me Kansas. Yeah. UNC yeah. taking on UCLA. Give me the Tar Heels. Yeah, I like the Tar Heels. Double-double machine, Armando Baycott. I think, he, I think he gets it done. I think the size definitely favors UNC here, and that's why I'm going I'm to roll with the Tar Heels. All right. And then fi- finally, Iowa State taking on Miami. Give me Miami. I like Iowa State, just pure momentum. That's basically what I'm basing this off Fair. of. And a lot of NCAA tournament picks and just playoff-style tournaments, I think I talked about this in the bracket show. It's based on momentum. Like a lot yep. of at least my decision-making is teams that get really hot. And I know that we see stories all the time where teams just have really poor starts to the season and they end up gaining momentum in the conference tournament. They may end up winning the conference tournament and they ride that momentum into a successful NCAA tournament run, which is something that I expected from Virginia Tech, which unfortunately they did not do. But I think that Iowa State, with the momentum, you know, they beat Wisconsin, they beat LSU, which I predicted they were going to beat LSU because LSU is a team in shambles at the moment, but yeah, beating, beating Wisconsin was a lot more impressive. And I think that they do the same against Miami against the U. The U. All right. <clears throat> Adam. It's top five time. Top five. Very exciting. So what is our top five? Our subject matter for today 
is lightsaber duels from Star Wars. I'm excited. I'm quite excited because we're going to have some visceral debates and I can't wait. So without further ado, you want me to go first, Adam, or do you want, or do you want to go first yourself? I'll go first. Okay. What do you got? So um, how do you want Cause usually I'm thinking about doing this like Mount Rushmore style where we each pick go one. Do you want me to just give the whole list? One at a time. One, one, one at, at time? a time. So we okay. have room for discussion. Okay. So number five for me is Count Dooku going up against Anakin in episode three, the beginning of episode three. Ooh, where that's a very good shout. Anakin kills Count Dooku and sets the stage for him taking his place as Darth Sidious's apprentice. That's a deep, that's a deep cut. The deep cuts. I don't know if many people would consider that to be like a lightsaber duel, you know, epoch, but it, it is. No, it's not. But just like it sets for, the story arc for the entire series. Yes. And frankly, it's nice. It's closure because you have like the Anakin fulfilling his revenge from the end of uh, episode two, where Count Dooku cuts off and that will come up in a second where Count Dooku cuts off his off his hand, thus starting the Skywalker tradition of losing a hand. Um, runs the family. <laughs> runs of the family. Uh, and then, so Anakin's taking revenge for that. And then it's kind of really, really starts on his path towards the dark side of the force. So just for the impact of the story and how they were able to kind of easily tie together two movies like that, I think it's really cool. Because really, like the previous Star Wars movies, it was just kind of like this happened sometime after, like, for example, episode five, Happened sometime after episode four. They're just on Hoth, chilling. Yeah. Episode six happened sometime after episode five. It took them a couple of years to go to Jabba's palace to free Han Solo, who was frozen in carbonite. And so it's kind of nice to have to have it where you have that kind of thematic element tying together the ending of one movie and the beginning of the other. It's a good shot, Adam. It's a really good shout because again, it's one that's really, really, really slept on. So good, good call, good call. I was torn for my number five. I really was. I thought about Yoda versus Palpatine, just for the, the sheer hilarity of it. The sheer hilarity of it is just—it's it, really—it's—it's it's comical. But it's a good—it's a good duel. But just the the the, re, the reality behind it is just silly. I thought about Dooku versus Anakin. I did. But I settled for Luke versus Vader from Empire Strikes Back. Why so low? Very important to point out. From Empire Strikes Back, Luke versus Vader. But why so low? Because it's not, to me, it's not like, there's more, it's more of like a story sort of duel, more than it's an actual duel. Like, I think there's more, there are better fights. And that's kind of what I based my list off of. Like, what I guess we're basing best? our lists off of two different things. It comes down, I'm, it comes down to perspective. Exactly. Which is why, basing, which is why we're doing this. I'm basing my list off of impact and, you know, not necessarily yeah. the fight choreography or anything like that. Like, sure. It factors. 
because like some Absolutely. of these lightsaber duels are cool but like like for me it's like the importance of it and the and the impact of it I, if, we're, if we're going off of importance luke versus vader in empire strikes back is number one like without a doubt maybe number two to something else but you could make a very good case that Luke Vader and Empire Strikes Back is number one in terms of the most impactful lightsaber fights because you get the you get the grand reveal, which is I mean that's like the the one of the biggest wow factor moments in cinematic history. But in terms of the actual duel itself, I factored everything into it. The actual duel, I'm put I'm I'm going to put it five. Okay. I know that people that probably just turn off this podcast after I, after I said that, quite frankly. Um, yeah, well, I, I'll tell you what, I'm not exactly enthused about that. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. You're a hater. Uh, number four. Number four. What do you got? Number four is the other Count Dooku versus Anakin fight. Because, you know, it. I just, it's, for me, you, it's Count you Dooku. You love Count Dooku. We get it. We, you, you love Daddy Dooku. He's cool. Listen, I'm not going to call him that. but. He, he's very cool, and I wish that they expanded his character more because, you know, a Jedi, a former Jedi that turns Sith, that's really interesting, and that's something that we hadn't seen at that point until uh, Darth Vader. So it's it's kind of interesting. But anyway, Count Dooku versus Anakin and Yoda, because Yoda does factor in to that lightsaber duel in uh, episode two, is just really cool because it's kind of like, it's kind of anticlimactic. Because it doesn't really end in a definitive winner loser scenario, but um, I think that, and I could easily switch it with the fight from episode three. But um, I just like the impact of that fight as well, and you know, I think that also kind of like I don't know, it kind of starts Anakin. It doesn't really start Anakin's turn to the dark side, but it's. It's just kind of planted. The seeds are planted for it. Right. And it's like a nice, it's a fitting climax for, for episode two. Number four for me, I did actually go with Obi-Wan and Gwygon against Darth Maul. It's so overrated. It's very overrated. It's extremely overrated. The music carries that fight. It's the best lightsaber duel of all time. It's not. The the music carries that. The music pulls a lot of. Duel the fates. I mean, come on. It's fucking fantastic. It, it's doing a lot of work in that oh, fight. Absolutely, it's kind, it's all kind the of work like, actually. It's kind of like the March of the Jedi Temple. It's it's the same thing. Like March of the Jedi Temple, the, the March of the Jedi Temple. That song fucking bangs. Yeah. So why do you like it so much? Well, I mean, for one, Darth Maul is cool as hell. But I think it's more of, I mean, I also want to point out that episode episode one. My I go back and forth between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones between what is my my least favorite Star Wars film because it, they just they they really are just like they're in a separate shit pile of their own before we get to like the new new trilogy which is just awful in and of itself because the just the the CGI behind it it's 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 just it's bad but it does kind of really set up the whole. Obi-Wan hero status that we all know and love. And of course, Qui-Gon. We love Qui-Gon. And I, I will actually make a good bet with you 
that we get Liam Neeson in the Obi-Wan series. I would make a good bet. I want to see Force Ghost Liam Neeson. Oh, I would go nuts. I, I don't think, I don't think, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be as a Force Ghost necessarily, but maybe you just get the voice of Gwygon. Yeah, I don't know. That's another, that's one of those fights where it's like they killed two main characters, well, seemingly killed. You know, Clone Wars is like, no, actually, we didn't kill Darth Maul. No, Darth but, Maul lived. Yeah. Darth but, Maul lived. I mean, he, was, he was in the Clone Wars. At the time, it yeah. was, we killed two major characters in this movie. And it's like, that's it. That's the, that's the end of these two characters, you know? Correct. It, it's ridiculous. Like, that's why I'm not a huge fan of it. And also, yeah, it's just I, really I get overrated. That. I get that. It's very overrated. But people people see the dual, the dual lightsaber Darth Maul and they say, oh, wow, that's that's nice. But I think for me, it also sets up Obi-Wan as to carry out the, the well, that's the, the I mean, that's the, that's the point of it is yeah. to basically be like, okay, Qui-Gon's dead. Obi-Wan is going to be fast tracked to be a Jedi master and he's going to be training Anakin. Yes. And we all know that I'm a big fan of daddy Obi-Wan. Mm, I love him. I love him a lot. Uh, number three, Adam. You're going to hate me for this. You're going to really hate me for this. Okay. It's the one that you like. Only at three? Yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Please explain yourself. Why at three? Oh, wait. Okay. I'm going to say, I need to say that one. I need to say that one. We'll have to come back. We'll have to come back to it. Uh, my number three for me is Luke versus Vader. In Return of the Jedi. Why only three? That's kind of funny how that works out because if you know if you know us, we basically had each other's favorites at three. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Luke versus Vader, Return of the Jedi at three. You're number two. So I guess we're gonna have to put a pin in that one. Oh, we're gonna come back to it, which is why we're just narrowing out our choices now. Then we'll come back and have a discussion. You're Mine- number two. My number two is Vader versus Luke in episode five because of, yeah, because of the impact and this, the, this is Luke, you know, he never really confronted Darth Vader until up until this point. And the whole lead up to it where he was training with Yoda on Dagobah and he had to fight the hallucination of Darth Vader or the vision that he saw in the in the forest where he was kind of trying to confront the confront his greatest enemy and then you find out the biggest plot twist in cinema history that uh vader is luke's father and it just really puts a bow on it and kind of it's it is one of those where if star wars ended at episode five i would have been a lot more pissed at that being the final confrontation because basically it's like Oh well, Luke fought Darth Vader. There's no closure, and he got his hand cut off. But other than that, and then he gets it repaired. But the fact that it kind of sets the stage for the events of Episode Six as well, and kind of the the finale of that arc between Luke and and Vader and the Emperor, it's just a really cool lightsaber duel. And I mean, I think a lot of people would probably tell me that it's overrated, which I would understand. It might be, but it's okay that it's overrated. It's such a, it's a fun, it's a great fight. Absolutely. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, listen, I could, I, we're going to get back to your number three because I'm living at that one. Um, my number two, it would be very wrong of me. I'd not put him on this list. So I'm going to do it at number two. It's personally one of my absolute favorites. It's the, it's the one, it's the, it's one of the only lightsaber duels I could say. It's this one and another one where I actually cried. Obi-Wan versus Vader in A New Hope. The one, see, I don't get why people like that so much because it literally took five seconds. It was a five second duel, but it, it, it sets, it sets a lot up. It sets Vader up as his, as the bad guy. It's a really, really bad guy that he just slayed his former master, the old man in, o- in Obi-Wan Kenobi. He slayed Alec Guinness, and we love Alec Guinness. Great oh, guy, we, Alec Guinness. We knew that Vader was a bad guy when he just force choked one of his own commanders by calling out the Force as a bullshit religion. Yes. Yes. But Great then, scene, by the way. Oh, fantastic scene. Fantastic scene. And, and, and A New Hope is chef kiss. Beautiful. And of course, your number, your number one, I don't need to ask you what it is. It, of course, is Vader versus Luke in Return of the Jedi. And for me, it is, I mean, it's the lock of the century, isn't it? Anybody who listens to these podcasts that we do, I only talk about it maybe once or twice a month. It's Anakin versus Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith. Okay, now I need to ask. Let's get, let's get down to the business. Well, before we do that, I'll read off the list. So Adam's top five. Dooku versus Anakin in Revenge of the Sith. Dooku versus Anakin in Attack of the Clones. Anakin and Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith. Vader versus Luke in Empire Strikes Back. And Vader versus Luke in Return of the Jedi. For me, it is Luke versus Anakin in Empire Strikes Back. So Luke versus Vader. Obi-Gwigon versus Darth Maul in Phantom Menace. Luke versus Vader in Return of the Jedi, Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader in A New Hope, and then Anakin versus Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith. Okay, Adam, tell me why I'm crazy for not having Anakin and Obi-Wan, Anakin versus Obi-Wan lower in Revenge of the Sith. Well, I think that I am going to be, I'm going to make you so mad. I see. I don't. Ha- I don't have a problem with you with you putting Vader and Luke above Anakin and Obi Wan. I don't have a problem with that. Your list, I don't have a problem with. But I know you're gonna have a problem with me putting Anakin and Obi Wan at number one. So that's really what this debate is gonna be centered off of. So hit me with it. I mean, I think that fight might be a little. I get the kind of culmination of everything. Oh, get me angry, Adam. Get me angry. I dare you. <laughs> told you. I told you. Get me angry. Fuck, I dare war- you. I warned you beforehand. People might hold it in high regard when it was well done and everything you had the whole, it's very memeable. I'll tell you that. Oh, yes, it is. I only see it on my TikTok feed at least 10 times a day. You were yeah. the chosen one. You were said that you would destroy this and not join them. Bring balance to the force, not leave it in darkness. Yeah. So you are my brother, Anakin. I loved you. Democracy. Anakin, my allegiance is to the Republic, to democracy. Yeah, I just think people hold it in too high regard. I understand. 
I I completely understand. God, I just smashed my finger. Ow, fuck. I understand You're why. Me, literally. <laughs> I didn't do that. I'm 2,000 miles away. What do you want me to do? Oh. Oh. I I don't know. I just think that it doesn't like it's impactful. Like this top three of Anakin versus Obi Wan, and then the first Vader versus Luke, and Vader versus Luke in Episode Six. It they're all very 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 good lightsaber duels and very impactful. Very and very impactful. impactful. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just nostalgia or something along those lines well first of all it is the best lightsaber duel in the best star wars film known as revenge of the sith that is Oof. number that is number one well, by that's the way. not that second part i don't agree with oh it's the Actually, best one it's the best one by a lot best one by a lot empire no, is the best one no you're you're, you're I, I love empire but you're crazy it's, it's revenge of the sith by the way i did watch revenge of the sith last night in in build up this i might watch i think i might watch empire later later tonight just I might. I, I actually think I now I'm going to possibly watch Return of the Jedi tonight. I think it's probably going to happen, or Empire, one of the, one or the other. Definitely not none of the new trilogy bullshit. I think I've watched each one of the new trilogy maybe once. That was when it came out, and I haven't come back to, to watch it since. Interesting. Oh, yeah, I, I've only I, I just I hate them so much. I like which episode why, seven, which is why we didn't put we didn't put any of them in here. Like like. Ray, like I want to put, I'm gonna put Ray in here. Like, no, Ray. Well, Ray I mean, Ray, ben Ray Solo. Come on, Ray, Ray was fine. I don't know. I think there weren't any like iconic lightsaber duels that I could remember, like memorable ones in the new trilogy. No, there weren't a lot of Jedi there. No, you, you, they just had Star Wars doing Luke Skywalker absolutely dirty with the way they killed him off. Like, could you couldn't have Ben? You couldn't have Ben Solo just just fully embrace the heel turn and kill Luke like that would that was the way that was the way to do it or make Ray the hero and have Ray kill Ben Solo. Boom. Done. Yeah, it was, it was, that plot was just dumb. It was so it. dumb. It was so, so, so dumb. It was so dumb. And then. Her as the emperor's granddaughter, like, come on! I know, come on! Like, for God's sake! And listen, I, I like the whole idea that they had with Snoke. I, I, I appreciate it. What's so dumb? So dumb again? Well, it's dumber. It's was, dumber that they just killed him. Like, yeah, like almost as a, immediately served as a as a as a doppelganger for the emperor. Like, what? It's like explain just... to me that makes sense. It doesn't. It makes no sense. It makes no fucking sense. But yeah, the new trilogy is garbage. I, I, I no, you, I won't waste my time. But I mean, Anakin and Obi Wan, <sighs> the lightsaber duel that I could say, I cried buckets, buckets. Oh. My first, my first time watching. I remember. I remember it was. I think it was had to have been. Because when did, when did Revenge of the Sith come out, Adam? Was that two thousand five? Was it? I remember. I did see it in the theaters. That was the before the new trilogy. That was the only two thousand five. Two thousand five. 
2005. That was the only Star Wars movie that I saw in the theaters. Adam, come on. I know my Revenge of the Sith. I know it came out in 2005. Come on. Come on. I know my, I know my films. <laughs> I, I am aware. But I, I can remember I, the first time that I watched Revenge of the Sith, I was 10 years old. No, nine. Nine, math. I was nine years old, and I cried incessantly. I watched Revenge of the Sith. I watched the first three because we had we still have actually at my parents' house we have a v, the VHS box set of the original trilogy. I do too. <laughs> Look at with us. like with like the director commentary, like the interviews with George Lucas or whatever. Same one at the beginning. Yep. Yeah. The same exact one. That's hysterical. So, that is pretty funny, and we we can't even use it because we don't have a VHS player anymore. Nope. Nope, but it sure is shit worth something. It is because George Lucas fucked up the original ones. Yes, he did. He retroactively ruined Star Wars. But anyway, that's besides that's a discussion for another day. Oh uh, yeah, he kind of did. He kind of. We did. just have a Star Wars podcast. Like, forget about just reviewing Obi Wan. Yeah, yeah, we could just have a Star Wars podcast. Yeah, sure. I'd be fine with that. We could bring out Hayden Christensen. We got Ewan McGregor. Oh. Yeah, Adam, I'm telling you. Got, you. Listen, you got sources in Hollywood. You got like connections in Hollywood. You could figure that, that out. That I do. That I do. If I ever, if I ever got to interview that man, you would have to do the entire interview. I, I don't know what I would say. I would love to interview Mark Hamill. Frankly, he is amazing. Oh, I would have no problem interviewing Mark Hamill. No problem. I love Mark Hamill. I, but Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, blah, 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 blah. You you have to do the entire interview. I, I I wouldn't be able to say a word. Words would come out, but they would be in some form of uh, some form of maybe tribal dialect. Yeah. Well. Anyway. So. Uh. So. Basically, what I was what I was saying is, I watched Revenge of the Sith after watching the VHSs of the original trilogy. I still didn't really know what was happening. Like I didn't fully grasp it because I was ten. And I was like, well, I guess he's Darth Vader now or whatever. Why do you kill all those kids? Whatever. Oh, my God. Like the full the full heel turn was just the, the slow build to it. And when it finally happened, just the onslaught order 66. Oh, execute order 66. I appreciate it more now as an adult than as I did when I watched it in oh the theater. Oh, my God. Okay, so your favorite, your favorite Star Wars film is Empire, correct? Yep. How many times would you say you've watched Empire? Uh, I've probably watched it like maybe three or four times. I think you could say I've watched Revenge of the Sith about fifty times, <laughs> cover to cover. Like, if we're talking clips of Revenge of the Sith, like I go on YouTube and just be like, "Oh, Star Wars, uh, Anakin Obi Wan fight." I could probably could say I've watched it close to a thousand times. Like there'll be nights, there will be nights where I'm laying in bed and I'm like, I haven't watched it in a week, and I'll be like, Yeah, okay, I'm gonna go watch Anakin take on Obi-Wan. And it'll be in my saved, and I'll pull it up and I'll just watch it. And I'll be like, Man, this is so great. And I hope, I hope we get to see them again. Well, we, I know we're gonna see Ewan McGregor again. That beautiful, beautiful man. What is he? Is he is he Northern Irish or is he just Irish or he's Scottish? He's Scottish. Well, you know he's what? Scottish. That's Scottish sex devil. Love here's him. The, Can't here's say that. the thing. 
I, I don't know. Here's the thing. You're dodging. You're dodging. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You're dodging a question, though. What's the question? Why the fuck do you have Vader and Luke versus the Emperor at number three? Um, I had to say I did go back. I did go back and forth on um, on the other four, but for me, Luke Vader versus the Emperor at number three. It's a good duel, but I think it's more it's more of a tearjerker more than anything else because you have the unmasking, you have the, the the dying Anakin being able to look his son in the eyes with his own eyes instead of through the eyes of Vader. Like it's it's more of an emotional scene. But I don't know if that's like a a truly proper duel. Because the majority it of it. The majority of it is Luke standing by the window, watching the rebellion go up against the Empire, staring at all the ships being destroyed, him trying to use the force to grab his saber so that he could start some sort of Donnybrook, the Emperor trying to egg him on, can't do it, doesn't do it, and then for the next two minutes, it's the Emperor using force lightning on Luke until Darth Vader throws him over the side and that's it. Well, yeah, but I think it, it was just like, it was Luke f- like fully rejecting the dark side or the dark side, the Darth side, the dark side, the Darth side. Yeah. He was rejecting the Darth side. There you go. I, it, it was kind of right. It was a nice pun. It was a nice pun. Not definitely not intentional. No, no, but it worked. It, it worked did. quite, it worked quite well. I mean, yes, sure. I, I I can absolutely get behind that, but I think more. I want to think more of like a, a a proper duel. I think the proper duel for me would probably be Empire over over Return. But then again, I, I I'm in the camp that the Empire duel is a little overrated, a little bit. It's, it's a, so it's a good, good though. It's a good duel. There's story behind it, but you don't really like. I look at I look at it through the lens of like if I was sitting in the theater for the first time when it first was released and I'm watching this fight. I'm saying to myself, okay, this is a good fight, but it's just good versus bad. Like there's nothing really contextual about it. Like he killed Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan taught me everything I know about the force. I need to go kill this guy to get back at killing Obi-Wan. Well, it's not only that. But then it's he, after the fact of, no, I am your father. When it just is like, oh, shit. That's, that, that's when the duel becomes much more, I guess, I guess the word is symbolic, meaningful. Well, yeah, I once mean, that's you, why, once you know that. That's why it's symbolic and meaningful. Yes, but if you're watching it for the first time and you had no idea what the fight was, you're going to sit there and you're just going to be like, oh, okay. Well, listen, any two schmucks can have a lightsaber duel. <laughs> oh, I know we can. I know we can for sure. But the thing that makes a lightsaber duel a good lightsaber duel is the impact that it has on not only the story, but on the characters. Fair, which which is why a go- if you're looking for a good lightsaber duel, Anakin versus Obi-Wan and Revenge of the Sith, if you're looking for the impact that it has on the characters, 
Anakin versus Obi-Wan and Revenge of the Sith. If you're looking for some sort of emotional melodrama, Anakin versus Obi-Wan and Revenge of the Sith. Perfect. There's a lot of melodrama in the from Anakin Skywalker in those movies, and not, not all of it was good. No, no, but you can't blame Hayden Christensen. He worked with what he got. Yeah, the writing was not good. No, oh no, it wasn't. Oh my God. But they made up for it with Revenge of the Sith because it is the best. It is the best. It's so good. I'm actually going to go watch Revenge of the Sith right now. The writing still is... I mean, there's a reason that that fight is so memeable. It is. It is. I have the high ground. It's Amaradikin! I have the high ground! You underestimate my power. It's so ridiculous. Don't try it. See, that's that's the other thing. Is like, you don't like. Well, listen, the "I am your father" me thing is kind of like a meme ish, but like those, my top two aren't like you know people don't make memes about that really. It's just I, I mean, if you want to based off of meme appeal, then yes. Anakin versus Obi-Wan would be the top one, just based oh, off of number one by, by a country mile. Based on meme appeal, yes. <laughs> it's number one by a country mile, but it's also number one in my heart, and it's also the best lightsaber tool that there is. Okay. Well, that is going to be it for this very elongated Basement Talk podcast. Adam and I promise that we are going to be doing a Star Wars podcast here on the Basement Talk podcast. So that way we you are gotta. So that way we are never going to waste anybody's time on a basement talk podcast or a basement talk podcast fantasy show ever again talking about star wars <laughs> this always happens we always get into it talk. we always talk about star wars and it just goes on forever it, 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 it it's just an endless cycle we could talk we we literally could have kept on talking about star wars for the next three hours yep that that's just how this goes it, it's how this goes we love this freaking series and i tell you right now when the obi-wan series comes out Oh, good night, St. Louis. That is going to be a just delicious time for all I've heard that one before. Good, good night, night, St. Louis. Louis. I've not heard that one. I've heard good night, Irene, but I've not heard good night, St. Louis. Oh, good night, St. Louis. That is, a, that is a thing. That is a thing. Don't know where it's from. Don't ask, but that is a thing. Good night, Paolo Buchnevich. Please come back to the Rangers. We need a right winger. Amen. Amen to that. So, for Adam, I am Bird. Thank you very much for listening to today's Talk Podcast Fan Show. Make sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review. Tell much how much tell us how much you love the program and tell us what's the best lightsaber duel. Let us know. And why love- is it Vader and Luke versus the Emperor? And why is it Anakin versus Obi-Wan? Let us know in the comments. Actually, you know what I'm gonna do, Adam? We should do a mailbag based on we should do a mailbag where people in the mailbag submit their favorite lightsaber duels and we should talk about it. Oh. That's a very good idea. Uh, what else I'm going to do? I'm going to put up a poll. I'm going to leave my link to the Instagram and in, in the comments. Go follow me on Instagram. And I'm going to screenshot the episode. I'm going to promote the episode. And I'm going to put a poll up in the episode. I'm going to put a poll up. Best lightsaber duel. Anakin versus Obi-Wan. Luke versus Vader in Return of the Jedi. You know, I think that mo- the people probably will. I will probably think that people will vote for uh, Anakin versus Obi Wan just because it has more broad appeal or mass appeal. Okay. Well, where which, I think which what Vader, would you like me to put in the poll? Return or Empire? You know what? I'm gonna put it in Empire. Put an Empire. Okay, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll put that in, and we'll have results for you 
next I think, yeah, week. I think that Vader and Luke versus the Emperor is a really good lightsaber duel, in my opinion, but it is kind of uh, slept on and underrated. Okay, so I'll put I'll put the one at Empire in. And okay. we'll see. We'll see what we'll see what the uh, what the consensus says. So we should do that mailbag though, where we have our listeners uh, submitting their favorite lightsaber duels in Star Wars. Done, done. We could do, actually. You know what? Instead of doing top five next week, we'll do that. So anybody who has uh, comments or opinions about this top five, submit your questions in for next week, where we're doing a shit ton of baseball next week, previewing the MLB season with, of course, opening day being Monday the 7th, and at the end of the show, we'll take the last 15, 20 minutes or so, 30 minutes probably, knowing us, we'll take the last like half hour of the show, and we'll dedicate it towards answering your Star Wars-related questions. Done. We'll do that. Okay, cool. Done. All righty. For Adam, I'm Bird. Thank you very much for listening to the Best Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Don't forget to vote for Anakin and Obi-Wan. You said Fantasy Show. You said Fantasy Show. I'm an idiot. You know what show it is. Best Talk Podcast. Don't forget, go onto my Instagram, vote on the poll, vote for Anakin and Obi-Wan. I will be, I will greatly appreciate it. For Adam, I'm Bird. Thank you again for listening. Love you guys. Bye-bye.